bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. And Erica, we are breaking down the Ontario NDP platform for our election coming up on June 2nd. Is that still happening? Uh, Unfortunately, yes. And given the vibe of what has taken place prior to us hitting record, I think it's going to get a little spicy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so over. Okay, first of all, I'm already over this election because I'm trying to figure out what the fuck. I'm not sure what it's about. Exactly. I don't know what it's about. How come the NDP and the liberals aren't hammering home COVID? I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about it, but it doesn't like I people that I know have not even mentioned that there is a provincial election. No, I only follow what's happening because we record this podcast and I have a broad interest. But like, would I be following it as closely as I am if we weren't recording this podcast? Probably not. Exactly. Because nothing's happening. Yeah. And nobody's I, I don't think that I you know what I see? I see a fucking remix from 2018. And, you know, on the um, on the debate. OK, that I was forced to watch because I had to go on TV after. But <laughs> luckily, I live tweeted it. So I knew what they said on the in the debate. The provincial debate. I was like, why are we still talking about 2018? I felt like all of them were stuck in 2018. And I felt like in being stuck in 2018, there's hardly any mention of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. There was hardly any mention of climate. Mm. And I was like, what year is this? Seriously. I'm like, is this 2019 pre-pandemic? Nobody talked about long-term term COVID and how that's going to impact healthcare mm-hmm. or insurance rates or disabilities yeah. or anything like that. Nobody talked about it. We're getting reports out of like the, I, I, I think I sent you the financial times, like mm-hmm. Instagram story. Okay. I finally read the article and women suffer more from long term long term covid it act, it's actually a good piece i'm going to put it in show notes and there are various reasons for this and and you know um they actually do a good job of going through stuff i actually like i actually think the financial times is one of the best publications on earth to to get news from the problem is if only the financial times could do to local news that would be great but um, obviously they're, they can't, but it is a gendered issue now, right? And yes, men were more likely to get COVID and die from COVID, but women are more likely to suffer from long-term COVID effects. What about those gender effects? How does that, how does that impact women's health care? Yeah. You know, all of these questions are going to come up in this all in this next sort um i'm sorry sleep uh mandate let's mm-hmm. say this next provincial mandate and nobody's talking about it 
Nobody seems nobody's eyes or attention is on it. I thought I feel like the NDP and the liberals are still playing Doug Ford's game. Yes. Like they have no they have not controlled not, the narrative. I was just going to say that. Yeah, they're no one. No one's controlling the narrative. They're just being like, oh, Doug Ford has talked about this. Well, I'm going to talk about this. And there's no spontaneity. There's no. And like, I know that this was a political gimmick and it was a like very showy and very virtue signally. But Beto O'Rourke going to that press conference. Yeah. To call out. Uh, Greg Abbott, Greg Abbott, mm-hmm. yeah, was something that needs to happen more in Canada. Sorry, yes, Sorry. and and I will add that Sky News, the Sky News uh, reporter who cornered Ted Cruz, I said, "Wow, if only Canadian news media could be like that." Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't aggressive. By the way, I also want to point that out. You don't have to be aggressive to get accountability, right? Because he wasn't. He just kept asking the same question and asking questions and just pinning him down to an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where is that in Canadian media? It's too polite. The only time I remember something like that in Canadian media was when there was a woman of color reporter in Vancouver Mm-hmm. who ha- who was pinning Trudeau down on climate. And I thought that was the best report. Like, that was the best journalism I'd seen in Canadian media for years. Anyway, Erica, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. So you yeah. didn't write your column this week in the Hill Times, but people can find the back catalog and catch up on your website, Non My Color. The link is in the show notes. You also collaborated with Oxfam on a net an analysis of feminism and the rise of white supremacy. I officially launched my Web3 newsletter called Decrypto, and I posted a Web3 101. So what's an NFT? What's a cryptocurrency? What's a blockchain? And I also sent out the first actual newsletter, which is an analysis of what Pierre Polyev has said so far on the leadership campaign trail. And of course, to get access to our show notes and to see all of the links instead of searching for them on Twitter, become a paid subscriber of the podcast. Just go to badandbitchy.com or you can also gift a subscription to your favorite Gemini. You'll want the show notes because like everything that we just talked about, all the references, I'm like literally looking them up right now and adding them to show notes. So all the media, the Twitter threads, the Instagram, all the stuff that people are like, oh, did you see that? We included in show notes. Okay. And so like I said at the top, we are delving into the Ontario NDP platform today. Um, There is a whole bunch of pieces in the show notes, but we're only going to talk about a handful because listen, we got lives, you got a life. So if you want the the Coles notes, they're in the show, show notes. All right, Erica, are you ready to get into it? Of course. All right, so we're going to kick things off with affordability. The NDP basically wants to end exclusionary zoning, which would increase the supply of housing options that are affordable in complete communities where people want to live while holding the line on costly sprawl, which I think extends to not driving as much and therefore is kind of a climate tie-in. Uh, They also want to build 250,000 affordable homes, crack down on housing speculation, 
pay what the last tenant paid. So basically if someone's been run evicted or you, you know, you've moved out of a place, the landlord can't bump up the rent significantly for the next tenant. They want to help 311,000 households pay rent, which is a portable housing benefit, um, which was recommended by the Ontario Nonprofit Housing Association and the Cooperative Housing Federation of Canada to assist tenants who can't afford their rent since it's gone up so significantly over the past couple of years. And in addition to the basic necessities for themselves and their families, they also want to fix the landlord and tenant board and restore the right to in-person hearings. And they also want to create a provincial food strategy that puts healthy, locally sourced food onto Ontario tables and supports agriculture jobs in food processing, transportation, etc. I mean, I mean, I don't hate it. It won't. It, it'll it'll do something. <laughs> Well, it's better than what the liberals tried to pass by us. Come, come for the, uh, the witty banter. Stay for my in-depth analysis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this, you know, this food thing, I don't hate. No. This looks from farm to table and trying to create sort of like a supply system to get locally sourced food to help farmers and stuff like that. I don't hate this. I don't hate this because that last part I'm not really into will regulate the price of gas to lower the cost of shipping food. Yeah, no, no good ever came of that. I'm just saying. No good ever came of that. I know gas prices are high, but, you know, didn't you all support a war in Ukraine? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. So, like, yeah, there are a lot of factors that have contributed to the cost of gas. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I'm just saying. Yeah. And if we're selling arms to Saudi, we can't like ask them for a like, yo, <laughs> can you help us out here? Like what kind of international relations is that? Mm -hmm. I just have a lot of questions as usual. Yeah. So that price of gas thing. Eh, no, I'm not. Eh, I just no, no, no good came of that. And I know people are going to tweet me and they're going to be like, but gas is expensive. And I just explained that. OK. Yeah, gas is expensive. It's expensive for everyone. And I understand that it isn't it funny that it's not the carbon tax that did it. I just want to I just want to put that out there that it wasn't the carbon tax that exploded gas prices like the conservatives told us it would. So as always, you can become a subscriber to the podcast. Badandbitchy.com will get you access to not only the show notes, but also the full episode, because let me tell you, you haven't heard the whole thing. And also all of the back catalog of all of the full episodes that you may have missed up until now. Yeah. So Erica. Yeah. Our next episode is going to be shockingly a debrief on this garbage election. <laughs> and of course, We'll be joined by the internet's boyfriend, David Mosscrop. Of course. Because we love to bring back the group chat. It's not like David has anything else to do. No. <laughs> and, and, and it's not like it would be better than spending time with us. No. I mean, he would beg to differ, but no, you're right. Why would he do that? Because <laughs> uh, it's David. Ah, true. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. 
<laughs> All right, Erica, I will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah.